Hello and welcome back to Colin and Company. This is episode 6. This is the Iku Iki episode, which originally came out November 6th, 2017. This is the follow-up to the Al Capone episode that we had last week. Enjoy! Hola and welcome back to This Might Be A Podcast, episode 28. Oh man, we are two away from 30. Woo. My name is Colin, and your boy Dalen. It's your boy, Dalen. Your boy, Dalen. Your boy. Your boy, Dalen. <laughs> so last oh, time, we talked about Al Capone and prison and the, the lovely Ear Hustle podcast, which I, f- I find so great. And mm-hmm. last time you mentioned something, you want to continue that? I don't remember what it was, what it was called. Uh, yes, the Iku Iki. I was talking about the Japanese warring state. So... If you guys, for some reason, didn't listen to the last podcast, I'm a huge history nerd. Uh, we we decided Whoa, to talk. We really? Decided, we decided to dive into that with a lot of history stuff. But I not long ago listened to an entire about the Warring States of Japan. And don't get me wrong, the Warring States of Japan were really cool. There's ninjas, there's samurais, horseback, there's gunfights. Like it's really, really dope. And I think if you really want like a story being told of that through your extra credits, do a fantastic job of doing that. That's where I listened to uh, some of my sources and then I did my own research afterwards. But I did some research on one of the peoples that they pointed out in particular, which was which were these Japanese monks, these armored monks, these militia monks, and they were they called themselves the Iku Iki. And first off, how familiar are you with the Japanese Warring States time? Like how how very little very little well think of it like this you know how there was the samurai pecking order samurais peasants all that type of ish yes all right well samurais were moving is as big militaries and there was no real government going on at the time like there was no government in japan japan was kind of like what the fuck do we do and the samurais were like yo whoever can take over all these different areas gets to be leader more or less it was how it worked there was a spearhead, but honestly, he didn't do too much. And obviously, I'm TLDRing, so uh-huh. there's, I'm just so people aren't going to call me out for my bullshit. So all these different factions of samurais would get together, and sometimes they would ally via marriage. Like, they'd marry off their daughter into a different clan, so now that they're allies, if they ever get into a fight. Ooh, smart thinking. Um, yeah, or sometimes it would be like, oh, just destroy this clan and then all the other opposing clans who can't fight you or anything like that. There was a lot of tactical moves that happened, but the big thing was that you couldn't really build yourself a militia because you couldn't really build yourself a big army to push over all of Japan because while when you start to go towards the capital, which at the time was, I want to say it was Osaka? which is more Southern in Japan. Yeah. It's like, if you wanted to go down South to try to take over Osaka, to like take it down everybody in your way and take over and unify all of Japan, which was like the big thinking of a lot of these big samurai names, which you guys can look up. I don't remember all their names because I'm not going to try to, but like, that was the big thing is like, I want to unify all of Japan under my banner of my samurais. If you sounds go like too a, far South. Like a challenge. Oh yeah, no, it, it really was. Cause what would happen is you'd start to go South to try to march forward. And while you're battling on the South side, Samurais north of you are like, yo, are there no samurais over there? Sweet, free taxes. <laughs> and they'd come in and they'd take over, and then like you've lost a lot of land. And now you're fighting a war on two fronts, and or you have to lose one battle and go fight another one and hope to win that one. Otherwise, you lose that. And then that's a whole thing in, in and of itself. So like it became this big 
chess game between many different people. And it wasn't like there was two big ones. It was literally hundreds of small shoguns trying to control what goes on. So that's set the stage for you. Sorry about that. But then like after a while, a couple of people got really good and they're like, yo, we've got allies on the, all completely on our backside. We can completely march north or completely march, march south without anyone having to affect us and everyone will be okay behind us. Of course, because history works, that didn't work out as well as he thought it would. Uh-huh. But one of the biggest problems he got is that he finally did get to Osaka and he, and for a little bit, he uh, was conquering. But like I said, history works. So eventually someone turned on him. And so the, is that one guy? Yeah. And the real stab in the heart was that it was someone who he had married his daughter off to. Oh, no. Or his, uh, or his sister or some shit like that. And it was really fucked. It was like, yo, that's my brother. He's like, don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> but then he starts so then he's like well shit now i gotta go fight over here and he tries to do this big fight and it just does not work in his favor and he tries to go back to his area in osaka but the thing is these militia monks had taken over which would have been pretty cool if it wasn't for the fact that these militia monks had better literally almost everything they had impenetrable fortresses and they call themselves the ikuiki and that's where it finally comes back around. But like, uh, the Iku Iki were so these dudes were fucking badasses. They like set themselves on top of a hill not far from Osaka, and it's the reason that they couldn't be taken over is that they were on top of this huge hill. And the shogun's like, "Well, shit, we got to get rid of them because they're kind of like not paying taxes and avo- and like fucking up all of our shit down here. So like, let's get them." So he starts running up the. So he sends his men to run up the hill. And attack them straight on, which was probably one of the worst possible tactical errors to like you ever make. Never do because that. they didn't even really fire on them. They kind of just looked over their walls and were like, oh, yo, dudes, they're gonna attack in a little bit. It's like, should we do anything? Eh, just give it a second. And while they're running up, some of these men start to sink into the mountain. These motherfuckers had buried pots, like huge ass pots filled with like watery sand for people to like fall into. Oh, like quicksand. Yeah, like like tiny quicksand things that they all kind of just fell into, and they the entire army just stuck Whoops. on one side. And this was the time that Japan was starting to get guns. Ooh, so dangerous. Guess who had free target practice for a while? <laughs> it's just like these ikiwiki, just like from just from their tower, just just fucking going ham. Savages. They did not give a fuck, but. I feel like they're not, they're kind of overlooked in history because of the way, like, they didn't push for anything, but they also didn't really stand for anything. It's like, kind of like the Crusades, like, imagine Crusaders, but Japanese versions where they were Buddhists instead. They were just, it's like, they, everyone knows that, like, part of the Crusades was just people who just felt like fighting. Yeah. But we never really call it out. And that's what they were. They were monks who kind of felt like fighting and not really following all the rules. And that's what they did. And it was pretty awesome because they kicked ass and they literally were one of the biggest o- hurdles for shoguns to overcome. Like shoguns had to look at each other and say, look, I know we hate each other, but we hate those motherfuckers more. But I really love the stories of the Iku Iki. And honestly, the Japan warring states are probably one of my favorite times in the history to look into. When, what it's, time period? Like when the as far as like, timeline, actually, like if you had to put on like a, I mean, like year wise. I'm looking like century wise, whatever. Date period Japan was it was from so many years. But it also doesn't help that uh 
because of the way that they did their calendars for a while. Their calendar doesn't last. But it was like century long. It started in 1467, more or less, with the Onan War and ended with the Siege of Osaka in 1615. Like, when I say it was a long time, it was a long time. Like, it was a very long and it was a very long climb. Like, there were generations of generals uh, or, or shoguns that would that were fighting for this ability to completely unite Japan under their banner. Yeah, that's pretty tight. It's really dope. And again, extra extra credits and extra history do a better job with more facts than me. I'm kind of TLDRing and trying to tell an interesting story. Not everything is completely fact there. Just it was kind of a little bit story made. So if you want a good story but also facts, extra history does a really good job. But then you can also look into it yourself because I suggest it. It's a really great time in history. So that makes me ask you, do you have a favorite time in history or is it just me because I'm a nerd? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do have some type of history. One, well, first off, you just said the Warring States period. I was thinking of the Chinese Warring State like in like. Oh, yeah, they did. I think they had something similar as well. Yes. I don't remember. I don't remember all of that, but I should look into that at some point. That sounds fun. <laughs> no, I do have a, a point in history that I. It's. I mean, it's not like my favorite. Like, oh my god, I want this to happen again. But like, <laughs> just, just can we get the can we get the warring states again, please, in Japan? Just, just get ninjas and samurai to just fuck up everything. Just oh my screw god. everything. That would be awful. <laughs> it would be so bad. Yeah, <laughs> it would be awful. I'll make a, I'll make a um, video about that. No, it's it's more like I like World War Two. World War Two is fun. Yeah, it's just interesting to like hear like the stuff, like what's going on. And there is those book series. I forgot what they're called, but it's like a, a diary series where it's like they took place in different locations and time periods. I don't know if that makes if that rings a bell. Not really, but I was dumb and didn't read books as a kid, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like I wasn't Dear America. It might have been called Dear America. Yeah, it was called Dear America. It was like, I mean, it was made. It was written for girls, but it's like it was such a cool concept because it's like so they had in the original series, and this came out like early '90s or late '90s to early 2000s. They had thirty yep. something books, and That's like so, this one that I remember reading was called My Secret War. And it's like, okay, so they have, like, a title, and then they have, like a, like, a subtitle. So it's, like, My Secret War, the World War II Diary of Madeline Beck, and it's, like, this girl who lives with, like, a mom or a mom and, like, a bunch of people in this, like, boarding house on Long Island in New York in yeah. the 40s. And it's such a cool, like... I, I love Tangeal Learning. I want to say that's what it's called. Where it's pretty much where, like, you're doing something else, but you're definitely learning at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like being that I'm a huge history fan and a huge gamer. Mm-hmm. That's why Assassin's Creed will consistently, even though they are turning into shitty games, it will be continuously be one of my favorite series in all of gaming. It's because the, I feel like the way they weave their history in is so good. It's so great. They missed some great opportunities, but at the same time, they've done so much for expanding like the knowledge and history of what a lot of people would consider. A lot of people would be like. Otherwise, kind of just sweep over. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the, that thing happened. But, like, it makes it very interesting. And it makes me, like, it made me look up different things about the time period. I remember there was, I, 
I literally went through my entire history class, slept through every slept through every day. This isn't fucking a good thing, but uh, I slept through like a bunch of classes and aced many an exams in my history class. Wow. And it's like, how do you know this already? I'm like, play video games and they're great. <laughs> it made my history teacher very angry. He was like, I, I can't argue. He knows his stuff. <laughs> but it's like, I love Tangio learning things like that. It's such a great tangible, like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's what really grabs you. And World War II is like a sore spot, especially as of recently for me. I think I've been talking about it, but I've been trying to be, I try to be more of a critic of my, of the games that I play yeah, and whatnot, but, and not in like, oh my God, this is horrible, but like, what could have made it better? What can people learn from this who might make another game? Like give that advice to anyone who might, for some reason, decide to watch my YouTube channel, which by the way, is really, really close to 200 subscribers at this moment. Nonetheless, nice. I'm really excited about that. Um, but like, I'm getting really tired of playing all these historical battles when it's the same two or three. Oh god, like, yeah. I Call of Duty, please go back like if Call of Duty could go back to its roots of being historic in what it was and what it was like the shooters or bring back like a medal of honor where we do different things cuz like what what are like the three or four things that we always play? If we play we play World War 2 or World War 1, we're shooting we're either shooting Nazis we're we're storming but Normandy. I do I do like oh, the I do like the old like wait are you saying you are or against the like World War Two battles? I'm I'm for World War Two battles. Okay, okay. For, for fuck's sake, please stop doing D Day and like the drop in Italy. The uh what what what's the other one? There's like three that they always do. Like the of course they do the trenches which or. Yes, they're important, but stop doing the same trenches that we always play in every time. It's like, give us something different. There were so many battles in World War II. Please teach us, a, teach us about something else. I would be so happy to get a different, just any different battle that still existed, yeah. but tells a different story. Because mm -hmm. you know what? D-Day's gotten quite annoying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Pretty awful to say, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and that's me being a critic of, of that's me being a critic of games right. like, for fuck's sake literally the bloodiest war in all of history the most modern the most technologically savage war that we have recently had and all we can do is storm a damn beach yeah <laughs> it's like for come on man there were so many different things. There were so many inventions, so many slight tweaks, so many possibilities that could be had. There's entire scenarios where if Hitler just did one thing different, we may have been fucked. Let's explore that, shall we? <laughs> like, there's so much that's there that it, everyone's just kind of like, uh, what do we do? Uh, God, did you hear that we stormed the beaches in World War II? Really? Should we do it again? Stop. <laughs> I'm so mad. It makes me angry that there's so much great potential for, like, historic grabbing that just no one's just, everyone's just kind of like, nah. I played one of the weirdest games I have ever played on a live stream what? Uh, about a month ago called The Cat in the Coop. I suggest you play it because it's trippy as hell. It's hella trippy. Like, you won't know what you're doing for, like, a good majority of it, but at the same time, you'll be like, I want to see where this goes. 
it's one of those types of experiences that you can only play for like an hour, not even, mm-hmm. but it's really more like a 20 minute game, but it's just an interesting experience. I suggest it. Cat in the Coop. But it's free, so check it. Um, it's like, to. it's a very, it told history from another country's perspective. And it was interesting. It was very interesting. It was, I want to say, I don't remember the exacts, so please forgive me, but I want to say it was a Middle Eastern country, like an Iran or an Iraq or something like that, that of course went through a lot of shit for uh, the many a times that like they changed so many different hands of power during the same time that the U.S. was looking for their oil. And the U.S. went to Britain and was like, yo, these motherfuckers are busy trying to get their own shit in, in order. Let's pretend that we're trying to help them. But at the same time, we're going to take their oil. And what could they really do? Because the exchange of power was so rapid that no one had the ability to stop anything in time. Mm-hmm. So it was telling it from like their point and like there's more to it. And there's way more that I definitely don't get because I, I didn't do my deep research afterwards. <gasps> I, I would have oh. loved to. Yeah, I would have loved to, but I got completely sidetracked with a bunch of other things and I never went back to look into it. It's something that it's just interesting that you should check out for yourself. It's it's just an experience. And that was like one of the coolest things. It was odd. Very odd. The game itself was not good. <laughs> no. The game wasn't good. Like it wasn't a fun game. It oh, was yeah. an interesting experience is what it was. It was worth. It was definitely worth my time. And I would I, I would absolutely recommend if you are interested in experiences in gaming. I love that's, that's all I care it's, about our experiences. And like the that's story. an interesting one. It, it's it's like I said, it's only 20 minutes or so, so it's not like one you can do a full stream off of, but it's one that you can add, as well as there's lots of itch titles that do things like that. I recently played a game called Sacramento, and this one isn't historical. This one's just an interesting experience. And Honestly, it was just one of those things where it's like, it's really pretty, and you don't know what you're supposed to technically be doing. There's like a lot to this little bit. And the, the interesting thing was that no matter what, after about five minutes or so, mm-hmm. the sun would set, and you'd be reset to the same place that you started. Ooh. The way I read that was that you uh, you only have so much time in your day. Don't waste it. Take a look around. Do something different. There's things to be seen. There's people to walk by. There's, yeah. in, there's entire like, experiences that you should have. And honestly, I kind of more or less missed it, but at the same time kind of hit it. Because, of course, you can get whatever you get from your games. Yeah. They've they had an entire thing written out. Matter of fact, I could probably pull it up if I looked. But like it, it's it was it was another one of those things where it was the experience, and uh, I honestly would play it over and over again. Not not because it's got a lot of replay value, but it's just a really pretty game, and it's a really basic game. But it's it was really really good. I well really well done for the independent creator. Sacramento is a game about capturing fleeting memories before they fade. You'll wander through inferior and uncanny landscapes, flashbacks of moments I gathered on my sketchbooks over the years. Drift aimlessly across time and space. Enjoy the quiet while it lasts, as life will soon resume its course. That's the uh, description. Yeah, good game. (laughs) I have not played this yet, but I want to play Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts? Yeah. Why do I? Why does that sound so damned familiar? The full title is Valiant Hearts: The Great War. It was made by Ubisoft. It's a puzzle adventure. It takes place during World War One. Oh, I know. I know exactly which one you're talking it's about. It's a really great game. It's supposed to be super sad. Uh, I've heard that it's it's tearjerker material. Is what I have heard. But I I also really wanted that game. It never went on a sale that I could get it. Ah oh, damn. 
It's I, on Steam for 15 right now. Yeah. I, I can't bring myself to get it because I know I won't play it anytime soon because I have a shit ton of games in my library that I need to play first. Like, Shame. uh, this Ooh, war of. Played through Dream Daddy. That was. That was so fun. It really was. Like, I bought it, it and, was... like, this game, this is, like, because it's, like, you know, oh, it's Game Grumps, it's goofy. And then it's, like, it got real for a, a hot moment or two. And I'm like, oh. Like, yeah, hey. no, it, I love that. It's why I do my, it's why I do my visual series because I love those moments. Even though it's like, ah, oh, this is a really goofy game. Wait, wait, what? Oh, I'm feeling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, there was some there was some bits of wackiness in it. Like, you know, the moments that were, like, sweet were pretty cool. Who did you end up being your dream daddy with? I fucked Craig. Same. I had to fuck Craig. <laughs> Are you joking? Like, my playthrough's on my YouTube channel, but, like, I, <laughs> it was solidified that I was going to fuck Craig. As soon as I went to Damien's house, and you can see out his window, I'm not sure if you did this, but you like there's an option to look out his window. And if you look out his window, you can see into Craig's backyard, and Craig's back there doing push-ups, just with his baby on his back. And then like, and then he looks up, he sees you, he waves as he continues to do push-ups, one-handed. And I was like, nope, you're gonna have to get your dick sucked. That's what's gonna you, happen. We're going with him for the dream daddy. It's like you're gonna have to get your dick sucked. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> he was the most normal. Dude, it was it, he dead. was awesome. Because Brian, the guy with the like Hawaiian yeah, shirt or whatever, he was oh, annoying as fuck and was always trying to one up people. He always went up. Like I couldn't even bring myself to go on another date with him. Sadly, I went through way faster than I could have. Oh, here's a question: Did you fuck Danger Daddy? Robert. Yeah. Oh, what? Danger Daddy says, "Hey, like on the first night." Yeah, I did not. You did. You did I, not. I did not sleep with him. So I got the good dad award at the end. I definitely was like, I'm going to have sex. I'm going to have as much sex as this game will possibly allow me to have. So I ended up fucking two daddies. <laughs> so you got the uh, not so great dad. I got. Uh, I dad, don't know. Dad or whatever the one where it's like, oh, you were like the one that like gives you. No, it's not a bad ending per se, but it's like you get it. You get an achievement if. You... Shh, fuck that! I was like, nah, I'm a. Like, nah, this dude's cool. What's um, the fuck? I did fuck? go. I did go on two dates with Robert. Did you? Hmm? Did you go on two dates with like most of the dads? No, I didn't know you could do that. Like I thought you just pick one and you're. Yeah, I didn't know. But uh, so I went on two dates with Robert, and obviously three with with Craig. But like I was doing that on my live stream. I was doing like voiceover stuff. Well, not really voiceover. You know, like reading the yeah things and voices. And I, I had like a really raspy me. voice for Robert, and uh, stop. I had to stop because it was like it was. It, was, it hurt your throat, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit. I can't. I can't do like a super scratchy voice like that, bro. Like I think my favorite. Uh, like he but reminded I like the, me. I love his mini game. I didn't see. I didn't get to see it. Because they all that have is... like mini games, kind of. I think Craig's the only one who didn't have mini games. <laughs> Craig didn't have no. Craig, you go on a mystery adventure. Yeah, mystery adventure. No, the not to spoil anything. Like the game for uh, Robert is your whittling. Really? Yeah, like you know, taking a pocket knife and slicing down like stuff into things. Like you get a block of wood, and you you drag your mouse because your mouse has the have the knife, and it's like a three D like block that gets shaved down. Like That's you don't have really to do it cool. in the shape of it. It automatically like shaves off the parts into the three D yeah. model of whatever you're. With. But it's it's like. Oh, that's so cool. That's super dope. 
That's yeah. like hella dope. The like I kind of rushed through because I wanted to I wanted to play the game while it was still hot, but at the same time I wanted to get to an end fairly quickly. Yeah. Because I also didn't want to just eat up my entire who knows how long of live streams. So like I it was for me it was only two episodes. One was like six one was like five hours and then the other one was like three. I think I did mine over three days. You know, I, I, I did mine's in two in two weeks, well two different weeks, one time of one. We only were like four streaming days. So and that was two weeks. Two streaming days for me then. Oh my god, there's so many games that I really want to play, but I just found a way to put on my channel yet. Like, cause I want to play them, but I want to play them with people. Yeah. But like, God, I need a way to put this on my channel interesting and that people will actually watch it. I get you. I'm really trying to get uh my stuff set up to play older games. You gave you gave me the Elgato to be. Uh, I've been trying to get it to where it like actually works and syncs up and everything. And I've I've almost gotten it, and I'm so excited because I'm gonna be able to the old games I used to play as a kid. Nice. And I'm really excited because I'm gonna like tag my brother in it because we used to play these games together. So it's gonna be like me. I'm gonna like be like, yo, bro, I know you remember this game. <laughs> and it's hilarious because like, especially like right now, I have my Sega Dreamcast, and I have a single game that like no one ever knew existed for it, and. It was, and it's like I've had friends come over, and I'm like, "Yo, we're gonna play an old, an old school game, and we're just gonna see what happens." And then they play it, and they're like, "This is fucking amazing! Why did I never know this existed?" I'm like, "Poor soul, because you suck." And I, it's just, wow. but no, it's like ah, it's so great. It, it's just a great feeling, and then it's hilarious to watch them stumble, to go back and just stumble with controls like you always did when you were younger. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. Like, oh my god, absolutely. Like you get tutorials nowadays. We never got tutorials. We got a controller put in our hand, and the game started, and you better figure the shit the fuck out. Oh, yeah. It was like, good luck, have fun. Like, like I, played, wait, I started playing the remaster of Crash Bandicoot, yeah. and while there is no, like, tutorial, like, level, they did put the controls on the side of the screen. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding. You figure no, that shit out. No, 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 no. You figure that shit the fuck out. You yeah. find out. Like You, you there figure was no, out how to jump. And, and swirl and don't fucking die. Go. Yeah, that's exactly what used to happen. Oh man, that was. Is it wrong? I kind of missed that, but at the same time, I feel like games are a little too complex for that nowadays. Yeah, because I remember seeing I'm not, and I wasn't sure if this was serious. I think they were kind of serious that they were saying that Crash Bandicoot is the original Crash Bandicoot is harder than like Bloodborne and all those types and Dark Souls. I'm like, no, it's not. Get the hell out of here. It really was. Because games, because we were, we're so used to games coddling you. The Dark Souls was just like, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, they did the old, I mean, the game, they made the, they took the concept of, we're just going to throw you in here, good luck trying to figure out everything, and go. First. <laughs> I, I like, I both do and don't like that concept. I will never play Dark Souls. I have made it very, very clear, as much as my, people will continue to ask, unless I have 100,000 different randomly coming to me to say hey play this game i'm not playing dark souls and also someone buying it for me because i'm not gonna buy it i refuse uh <laughs> same it's like i refuse to play games like that because i just know i don't play. like i realize i play games for fun factor and fun factor is one of the biggest things like i think that's why i liked gmod so much which speaking of god damn it i kind of miss gmod but uh Aries mod? yeah well we can always play sometime 
Shit. Yes, with our fantastic scheduling. <laughs> well, that's all on you, man. Yeah, on my my fantastic scheduling allows for so much room and flexibility. It's like no, but it's like Gmod. Uh, like, I loved it because it was like you jumped in, you got, you went, you made friends, you played stupid shit, and you had a good time. And yeah. you can easily switch into another game if once you got bored of one. And then like Saints Row Three will always hold a special place in my heart because it was just pure stupid fun. And it was also one of the first campaigns I just ran through. It was really fun. But uh, and then I think I one hundred percent of that game almost, or one hundred percent of the uh, the map and everything. Like every everything was done. Like it'll hold a special place in my heart because it's just pure dumb fun. It was so much fun. Like and I think that's why GTA like online used to be really fun. I don't know. I don't play it. I don't play the online for the new GTA very often. But I don't GTA either. GTA is fun. GTA is fun, but it has you have to kind of. That's you have to kind of make it fun. Yeah, be in a mood. You you definitely have to be in a mood. It's like I want to blow some shit up and possibly get killed for no fucking reason. But you know that's all that. Oh god, gaming, <laughs> gaming with Dalen, because he feels the need to do to talk about it all the time. Yay, <laughs> wheel. This has been great. We talked about the. Would you say Iku Iki? The Iku Iki. How do you spell yep. that? I K U I K I, Iku Iki. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to assume. Yeah, okay. Japanese. It's Japanese. Their phonics are very different. Pretty great. Sweet, but also not that. And then video games and history. Video games and history, because we're adults. Why not? All in a single podcast. God dang Woo! it! Good Print job. It, ship Good it. Good we're job, done here. team. Good job. Good job, team. All right. Adios, everyone. Bye.